Guys, amazing worshiping with you this morning. Good morning. I would like you to take out your Bibles, please, and I would invite you to open up to Matthew chapter 24. And I just got to tell you that uh, this passage, it, it, it's great. It, it begins with an earthquake and birds and snakes and an airplane. And what we're going to learn today is that Lenny Bruce is not afraid. We'll see an eye of a hurricane and, and you'll listen to yourself churn. The world serves its own needs, so don't misserve your own needs. So feed it off an ox. Speak. Grunt. No. Strength. No. Ladders start to clatter in a fear fight down height. Wire in a fire representing seven games and a government for hire in a combat site. We're going to see that left to west is coming in a hurry with a fury breathing down your neck. Team by team, reporters baffled Trump, tethered crop. Look at that low plane. Fine then. Uh-oh. Oh no. Population overflow. Save yourself. Serve yourself. World serves its own needs, so listen to your heart bleed. Tell me with the rapture and the reverent and the right. You vitriolic, patriotic, slam fight, bright light. Hey, are you feeling pretty psyched? <laughs> because if so, what Matthew 24 is going to show us is that it's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It really is the end of the world as we know it. And you know what? I'm feeling fine. <laughs> Guys, that's what Matthew 24 is all about. Let's take a look. Would you read with me? It says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came to him. And they called his attention to the big buildings. And he said, do you see all these? Uh, truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Now, it says that as Jesus was sitting at the Mount of Olives, just outside the temple, the disciples then came to him privately, and they wanted to know the secret. They said, tell us, when? Who hasn't asked the question, when? When's it going to come, Lord? When's it going to happen? And what will be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? Now, here's what Jesus says. He says, watch out that no one deceives you. Because many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and, and will deceive many. He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. But then he says, all of these are what? The beginning of birth pains. He says, you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But whoever stands firm to the end will be saved. And he says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then, then the end will come. 
So when you see standing in the holy place, quote, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequal from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. He says, in those days, if those days had not been cut short, no one, not even you, would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, even possible, if possible, the elect. So listen, see, look, I've told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there's a carcass, the vultures will gather. Now Jesus says immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, the, sun, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all peoples on the earth will mourn. They will see the sun coming down on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn the lesson. Learn it, guys. From the fig tree, because as soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and an earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now, I hate to tell you guys, but the world is going to end in 26 days. That's if the Mayans got it right. See, the 5,100-year cal calendar is, is, is coming up, and, and there's all these astronomical signs that are attending to it, right? And, and there's all these other things that are happening on the Earth attending to it, right? And December 21st, they have been looking for it for 5,125 years. This December 21st, it is the end of the world as we know it. Right? People have been saying this stuff forever, haven't they? You, you know what the unifying factor of them all is? They all get it wrong. But what, but what does that do? What does that actually do to you emotionally? I'm curious. See, people come around with this end time hype, right? And they come around saying, it's the end of the world as we know it, and we scoff at it and we laugh at it, but maybe once in a while it finds a chink in the emotional armor, and maybe once in a while we find ourselves a little worried, a little panicked, a little flustered, a little, what am I going to do? And then someone comes along like me and says, man, you know, Jesus himself said no one knows the day or the hour, so, so we all kind of do a collective, 
because I don't have to worry about it anymore, right? Which is grossly ironic to me because it seems that Jesus' way was the exact opposite of that, where Jesus seemed to tell his people, no, behold, I am coming soon. No, behold, look, stand at the door and watch. No, behold, look, be ready because I can come before December 21st. And you don't really believe it. You really don't. But I can. And maybe I will. And what is it going to mean when we face the end of the world as we know it? When I look at Matthew chapter 24, I see four things that jump out of the page at me that Jesus seems to get across. And here they are. Number one, I'm coming soon. Number two, but it's going to be a long time. <laughs> All right? I am coming soon, but it's going to be a long time. Number three, okay? Number three, no one knows when that time actually will be. So number four, watch. How does God want us to get ready for the end of the world as we know it? To look with eyes going, no, he is coming soon, but to understand it might be a long time. To know that no one knows the day or the hour, so to keep ready and watch. Every generation has its collection of signs, don't we? Back in the 80s, I remember it was this. The great north, the great power of the north, prophesied by Daniel in Revelation, Gog and Magog was going to sweep down and the beast would appear who would have his mark and then Gorbachev comes on the scene with a big splash of pretty red. And prophecy is fulfilled, amen? Every generation seems to have its sign. Whether it was the formulation of Israel in 1948, whether it was the Soviet powers that occurred in the Cold War, whether it's the present-day Middle Eastern crises happening today. And you know what? They're all right, to a degree. Because what does Jesus say? There will be wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. You know, the thing is, they're all right to a degree, but they're wrong in this. What they are is birth pains, not labor. Jesus wants us to live with this sense that he is coming soon. But are you with me? Is it really hard to believe someone who says they're coming soon when it's 2,000 years later? And it's like, I think you and I have different definitions of the word soon. You know, it's like that princess bride moment. I don't think that word means what you think it means means kind of thing coming on how do you stand ready when someone is coming soon the funny thing about waiting for the end and looking for the end of the world as we know it is we keep on looking for the end of the world as we know it but do you still have Matthew 24 open with you today because if you do I want you to check something out he starts describing these things doesn't he these things that are these things that are crazy these things that are frightening these things that every apocalyptic fortune teller, sign looker, movie, novel, you name it, raves and writes into their scripts. Wars and earthquakes and famines and plagues and persecution and nation against nation. And you can look at uh, verse 29. It says, immediately after this, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give light, the stars will fall from the sky. Okay, it's, it's the end of time as we know it. But is this odd to you? Is this odd? Look at verse 35, 34. Then Jesus says, truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. Okay, let's, let's just do kind of like a Bible check here for a moment. What generation is Jesus talking about? 
ours? No, theirs. The disciples, right? This generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. He says, I mean, just get it wrong? Are we supposed to read it metaphorically? What do we do with something like that? I'm here to submit something to you today. Something that I'm going to continue to submit to you over the next four to five weeks through the end of the year. That the end of the world as we know it is not happening out there in history, but that the end of the world as we know it has already happened back there at Calvary. That when Jesus and God picture the end of the world as we know it, it is not something that is primarily still resting out there, though that day will come. But that Jesus primarily wants us to understand it as something back there. Let me prove my case. Let me show you what I mean. Look at 24, verse 15. Jesus has just painted these pictures, right, of all these signs that are going to happen at the end. Now, he says this, when you see standing in the holy place, that's the temple, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand, okay, do you see that? Now, do you see how abomination of desolation is in quotes? And do you see how he references Daniel? And do you see that little catchword, let the reader understand, ha ha ha, wink, 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 do you see that there? Do you, do you see him winking? Okay, okay. <laughs> Battery animatronic Bible, Christmas of 2008. It winks, right? No. See, back around the year, let's go 165 BC, there was a tyrant king named Antiochus Epiphanes. You don't need to remember that, but it's cool to know. All right? Epiphanes, meaning manifestation of God. His real name is Antiochus IV, but he thought he was all that and more, so he named himself Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus, the manifestation of God. So we're only dealing with a small ego here. Humble man, right? Now, what Antiochus was bent on was having everyone in his territory direct worship towards the gods that he worshipped, direct worship towards the people that he thought were in charge, of course, including himself. He comes into Israel. He sweeps down on Jerusalem, and he sees this group of people who are looking for the time when this Messiah will come. And what does he do? He destroys the altar. He starts burning sacred books. He kills anyone that will circumcise their kids, which, let's face it, if you were circumcised as an adult, you'd rather die anyway, so maybe not all bad there. And he goes into the holy place, and he brings pig and he sacrifices it on the altar of the Lord to Zeus. And the Jews nicknamed that place. They nicknamed the event. They called it the abomination. The abomination that caused desolation in our land. 165 years before the birth of Christ. Now, Jesus picks up on this and he says, listen, understand, when you see the abomination that causes desolation, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Do you live in Judea? So you're okay. Good. <laughs> he says, let no one on the housetops go down to take anything out of the house. Question, if the end of the world is coming, does going back into your house or not make one lick of difference? 
You know, it's like, oh, you know, if I, if I had my radiation suit, does that work? With, with the biblical apocalyptic end of the world? No, the answer is no, it won't work, okay? Let no one in the field go back to the, get their cloak, and how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. Do you get the sense that Jesus is talking about something else here? What do you mean, pray that my flight won't take place in the winter or on the Sabbath? What does that have to do with anything? It's the end of the world as we know it. It's over. Who cares if it's a Tuesday or a Sunday? Who cares if it's summer or winter? When, when stars fall and, and volcanoes erupt and earthquakes come and Lenny Bruce is not afraid, we know that it doesn't matter what the season is. Are you with me? For then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. It's funny. All of this energy and all of this language, looking forward to something that we think of as the end of the world as we know it, spoken by Jesus, was something that was evident to them. And I'm here to tell you that it happened already. At least that passage in 70 AD, when the temple was raised again. And all that Jesus had talked about it happened. And that generation certainly had not passed away before these things had occurred. So many people spend so much energy worrying about the end. When the message of Christmas is that the inbreaking of Christ into this world was the end of the world as we know it. That the inbreaking of Christ into this world 2,000 years ago changed everything. And that we live in those last days. Now, today, here. And you know what I discovered? Because I've come to see that Jesus did this for me. Because I've come to see that he came in all his glory, as Matthew 24 says, and was strung on a cross. Because he died for me and forgave me. I can say it's the end of the world, and you know what? I feel fine. You know what? And that's God's prayer for you, too. The end of the world as we know it is a frightening, scary place. And certainly events will come that we are in the birth pains of that will signal the end. But you know what? No matter what a face, I feel fine. Because Jesus died for me. And my prayer is that you feel fine too. So may you live in a, in a state of readiness, in a state of hope and in a state of expectation that yes, he is coming soon, that yes, it may be a long time, that yes, no one knows the day or the hour, that yes, you watch, but that yes, it all looks differently through the Jesus lens. Are you with me? So I thought it would be fitting to sing, all right? So I'm going to ask you to rise. May I simply say, 
Good luck. <laughs> I can't believe he actually got through all the lyrics on that song, you know? It, <laughs> Would you pray with me? God, we come because you came. And when you came, you rocked this world. You, you, you sent a fissure through the very fiber of creation, claiming it, changing it, transforming it. Your kingdom has come. When you came, it was the end of the world as we know it. And Lord, the angels cried out. We can feel fine. So for everyone here today who's afraid, for everyone here today who lives with trepidation, worry, or uneasiness, that Lord Jesus, you would come to them and into their heart. That they would come face to face with you who was born in a manger and find that peace, that hope, that truth, and forgiveness that you bring. May our cry, God, as a church today, to a world in darkness be, it is the end of the world as we know it, so be ready. Keep watch. And Jesus, feel fine. God, we pray. And may the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is to come, may he bless you. May he keep you. May you look for him. And may you see him. <laughs>